Welcome to the Delve Into Money podcast. I am your host, Curtis Haney. This is the personal finance podcast where we attempt to demystify money by reviewing books and applying what we learn to our own financial journeys. Thank you so much for listening on this bonus episode of the Delve Into Money podcast. Today is a Spaces episode that we did on Twitter with some of the people I've gotten to know on there. You have Lauren, who is Adulting is Easy is her podcast. You have Alex, whose podcast is Main Street Money. And then you have Justin, whose podcast is the Road to Wealth podcast. We have some other guests who join and talk with us through the process. So in this episode, we talk about our goals for 2022, some of the goal frameworks and tips and tricks that we have for better achieving your goals. I'd encourage you to look at the show notes, give these podcasts a listen, follow them on social media. So without further ado, here is the episode on our 2022 goals. Uh, Tonight, we're going to be talking about our goals for 2022. We're going to be talking about uh, those goals, uh, what those some tricks of how we've completed or followed through with um, with our goals. I'm curious um, too to ask each of uh, each of these since we're all podcasters, uh, how podcasting uh, fit into your goals when you started that podcast, and then we're going to talk uh what what are some of the things that uh what are some financial goals or things that we're looking forward to for 2022 and um then we're gonna kind of open it up to people to talk and just how they go about setting goals and what some of their goals are for the new year so excited for that conversation and to hear what everyone has to say excited to hear people share So let's start it off. Just everyone do a brief introduction and um, let's, let's open up with this question. In the last, let's say, I don't, you can go back as far as you want, but say in the last three years, five years, what's something that you've set out to accomplish uh, through a goal that you've accomplished that you're most proud of? Um, in the last five years. So um, I'll let whoever wants to start just because I don't, you know, I didn't prep you with that. (laughs) So uh, if someone has a good thing, but introduce yourself and then let's hear what your, your favorite goal is. Lauren, you can go ahead. Thanks, Curtis. Hey, Lauren Keen, Almond, real estate investor based in Tampa Bay, Florida. And something that I set out to do in 2019 was get a graduate certificate in personal financial planning. And the reason I wanted to do that was not really to become a CFP or anything like that was really just to learn more. And I still bat the idea around of becoming a financial coach. And so I thought, you know, I didn't need everything in a line. I didn't know if I was for sure going to do that. I didn't know if I was going to make a career change, but I was like, you know what? I can still take the first step and I can still get that graduate certificate. So from 2019 to 2021, I worked on and completed that. Lauren, uh, 10 out of 10, I'm going to catch you after this and uh, I'm going to get you, get some more information on that certificate from you because that sounds interesting. 
But my name is Alex. I am the host of the Main Street Finance Podcast. I like talking about introduction to money. I lean more towards finance markets, people who don't really know too, too much or wanting about the basics, why things are the way they are, all that kind of good stuff. Um, I have two easy ones, I guess, because I think I'm the youngest one on the panel here. Um, the first one is just graduating my degree. I graduated cum laude with a degree in finance and then up and moved 600 miles away up to Walmart country to get a job with one of the big corporations up here in Arkansas. Um, the second thing is something I haven't been too shy about on both my podcast and on just Twitter. Um, I actually tested for a professional certification. Now, because I'm a banker that talks about finance, I don't publicize my last name and all that. I don't want to tell y'all which one it is, because if I told you which one it is, they publish the list of who passed the test. So it'd be very easy to filter down the list of how many Alex's are there and then figure out who I am. And I don't want to get in trouble with my bank. So uh, it's a big designation. It takes between three and five years of experience. It is a long test. It took Let's see, it took me about four and a half hours to take this exam. And so super excited for that. I now have some letters behind my name. Uh, I'm still waiting on getting that updated nameplate for my office. But uh, super excited I was able to get I was able to get that. That's awesome. We'll have see if there's anyone sleuthing uh, and you start getting blackmailed because of that. So, uh, Justin, let's love to hear what what yours is. Yeah. Thanks, Curtis. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Justin Neckville. I am the host of the Road to Wealth podcast, uh, wherever podcasts are heard. And uh, based in the Chicagoland area, um, I'm 36, father of two, um, also husband as well. Um, work in the technology sector um, in a B2B capacity, so much to Lauren. Um, so I sell a bunch of technology. And um, a goal that I sought out within the past three to five years, um, different from, um, you know, you know, the previous two goals, but um, I actually set out uh, to do a stand-up comedy class. And uh, pre-COVID, I think it was in 2019 I did, um, I actually took a stand-up comedy class um, here in the Chicagoland area. We're known for things like Second City and, you know, a lot of, um, you know, many comedy minds coming out in, you know, in Saturday Night Live and, you know, within acting. And um, I took a local class um, in my suburb, and we actually had to do a six-minute set of our stand-up routine, um, where I wrote jokes throughout. Like it's, uh, I think it was like an eight, eight-week period. So it was, it was fun. Um, it was something of a personal challenge for me, um, just because you know I love stand-up comedy, and you know it was a, it was a pretty cool experience getting in front of probably a room of fifty people, um, and just. You give a lot of respect to, you know, if you do are, if you are a fan of stand-up comedy and enjoy your stand-up comedian, how much effort and work it takes to produce jokes. And um, I was terrified for six minutes. So uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. So that's definitely something I can kind of cross off my bucket list. Justin, that is so cool. I've always been drawn to improv and I've always kind of wanted to take an improv class. So that's awesome. I love, I love stand-up comedy. Me and my husband, that's one of our favorite things to do. Yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely take it up. It's uh, won't be disappointed, Lauren. You'll you'll learn a lot about yourself for sure. So, so what made you want to to go that route and and try and try and do that? Great question, Curtis. I, you know, for me, it was just like one of those pipe dreams of of doing something creative. Like I work in a very I, I don't want to say monotonous type of career, but like 
you know, when you're in, in as, as I'm in my 30s, like you just kind of get predetermined of what you do in, in, in your day to day, nine to five. Obviously, I'm a father. Like, there's a lot of things that are very routine. And, you know, I wanted to do things that, you know, continued my creative muscle. Um, things such as the podcast, things such as like stand up comedy. And these were more, you know, right brain activities for me that I wanted to really exercise and stretch. And um, I feel like it's been, you know, a fun experience because I'm utilizing a lot of those skills every day, but it's certainly something that, you know, has been fun to, to do. So. Very cool. Tell us your best joke. No, I'm just, I'm just messing with you. Yeah, just, <laughs> so. Different space time. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll hold that till later. Tom, I know you jumped on here. Do you, do you have an interesting or fun uh, or a goal that you've accomplished in the last couple of years that you're proud of? Uh, I was just going to save this till you guys all intro, but um, I have been working on a 2021 and 2022 goal, which is leave to my nine to five. And uh, I wrap up at my nine to five tomorrow. So that's a, a big goal I can uh, check off my list here. It's awesome. That's that's well worth celebrating. So that's that's good to hear. Excited to see what Heck you've yeah. got ahead of you. So. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I am I'm Curtis Haney, and I'm uh, I'm a podcaster and a uh, little bit of everything finance and. Um, my podcast is Delve Into Money, where I talk about uh, non-financial books, and I look at them in the lens of learning financial lessons. Uh, I just love to read, and so to me, that was a fun way to do that. Uh, you know, I've done a lot of random things as far as goals go, and so uh, one of my big goals is kind of a cop out was um, was actually starting my podcast in 2020. I've and part of the reason that's a big goal is a goal that I'd put off for two to three years. And so I talked about doing a blog and I could never get motivated to do it. So I eventually just um, told myself in 2020 that I was going to commit to doing it. And so um, I just finally uh, quit being a wimp about it and decided I was going to put myself out there with it. And so it's been a fun journey. It's why I'm here on Twitter. It's why I'm, you know, doing what we're doing now. So um, anyways, we're going to jump in and continue kind of talking about goals. If you want to jump up and, and add something to the conversation, feel free to request the mic. And uh, we will, going forward, have people raise their hand if you want to answer, kind of go through. The, and then as we get through the questions, um and talking about this, we will uh, take we will take questions from the audience or kind of have a more free form conversation. And so, uh, one of the things that's definitely important about goals is that we will tend to set goals every year and then struggle to follow through with their goals. And so, obviously. Um, the biggest, the biggest thing about goals is that we have to take action towards them. So I'm curious, um, from everyone that's up here, what, how do you go about setting your goals? What process do you follow? And, um, and let's just hear a little bit of your brain and how it works and how you're thinking about goals. And you can raise your hand and, and again, like I said, we'll, um, we'll kind of go through. And so Alex, you can go ahead and go first. 
Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go first so I don't have to follow anybody that's way more impressive than I am because uh, my process is pretty easy. Um, depending on the type of goal, you know, it could be a financial goal, it could be a personal goal, whatever. Um, the intuitiveness of this changes depending on what kind of category you're talking about. But in general, I'll sit down and I'll think out, okay, what is possible? Like, say it's a financial goal. My net worth is X. I want it to be Y by the end of the year. Okay, well, I only make this much per year. Maybe, like, here's my bills. So let's say at a maximum, I can save 50% of my income for the year. Well, maybe that's not doable. You know, something might come up, uh, whatever. So I like to put in a little bit of a cushion. I like to set my goals for what's achievable, but not to the point where, everything 100% absolutely has to go right or else it's not achievable. So I kind of, I kind of set my goals as far as what's able, but that's also hard. I have to stretch to go do it. It's not something that I can also easily do, but then again, it's not something that's so impossible or so much has to go right for it to actually happen. So I guess I, uh, I prioritize the achievableness of my goals. Very nice. There's there's a lot of different theories about how to set those. And, um, you know, some people like to say, well, it needs to be something that that is easy enough. But then other people like to set goals that are kind of in the stars. So definitely a lot of different approaches. Lauren, go ahead. So funny. I set goals um, kind of on like a weekly basis of like, what do I um, what do I think I can accomplish every week? And so right now we're doing, you know, we do these spaces every other Thursday. I'm in another spaces group where we do every Wednesday and I edit those for my podcast. And then I have two blogs a month, two podcasts a month. So I break those down into weekly. What do I need to do? So the Thursday or Friday every week, I create a to-do list, which I think is a very reasonable to-do list. I like to think that I can get it done between Monday and Thursday, which gives me a very light Friday. And so I create these like weekly goals. And then from a like personal finance perspective, my husband and I will talk about what can we do? We haven't talked about like net worth goals per se, because we can't really control what happens in the real estate market or the stock market or, or what have you. But what we can control is really how much we make to some extent, right? And how much we can save. So we'll talk about, okay, we're going to max our 401ks this year. We're going to max our IRAs this year. How much can we put it? How much are we going to put into, how much are we going to put into real estate lately? It's been how many properties are we going to buy per year, right? We had this kind of goal of one per year, but we did do two in 2021. So we may not buy in 2022. It's kind of going to be a year of getting our short-term rentals set up because we are short-term rental um, hosts or landlords, if you will. So um, we have kind of goals like that more than these like big net worth goals or, or anything like that. And then my husband has a bunch of like professional goals for himself. He's an engineer. So there are, you know, certifications and licensing and things like that, that, that he kind of has to keep up with. Um, professionally, I am kind of just coasting. I've had basically the same kind of sales job for the last six or seven years. And I make, I make really good money. I don't work overly hard. Um, I'm pretty good at it. And I just find my fulfillment with the personal finance stuff that I do more than my job. And I'm, I'm totally cool with that. That's great, Lauren. Do you guys, um, do you guys set 
uh, you know, I know that you guys have a num, you know, what you're wanting to get to, to, to be able to step away from a job. Do you guys set a goal as far as a number that you're trying to reach? The number is interesting with the real estate and the stocks. So with stocks, right, we know about like the Trinity study and you can safely withdraw 4% of your portfolio. With real estate, it's a little bit different and that's a little bit of a moving target. Um, our goal to replace our expenses, right, our monthly expenses with real estate and then use our stock portfolio for extra things like vacations and cars and things like that. Um a lot of our stocks, though, are in retirement accounts, so that presents its own challenge. Actually, with Roths, we can we can take our principal out if we want to. At a certain point, we can, you know, seventy-two T our our four hundred one ks and things like that. So it gets a little bit complex. We're still building our brokerage account right now. Um, so, I mean, the overall number that we've talked about is, you know, a general net worth of about two and a half million. Um, and we're about halfway to that in terms of dollar amounts, which uh, generally means we're more than halfway there on a kind of a percentage completion basis. If you think about, you know, compound interest and things like that. Gotcha. That makes sense. And, and yeah, there's, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of ways to think about it. I don't personally set a number um, for us just because my goals are a little bit different than just trying to, trying to retire. It's um, trying to build the types of jobs that I want for myself. And so that's not necessarily getting out of the nine to five. That's just finding ways to um, leverage other opportunities. And so it's an, it's an interesting, uh, interesting hearing everyone else's approach. Um, yeah, Nicholas, uh, nice to have you jump on. What's love to hear what to say. Yeah, no, and, and this is a, I'm loving this conversation. This is awesome. Um, I, uh, I've, I've been sort of playing uh, with like how I want my goals to be. I've always been really goal oriented. I think last year I set just like some ridiculous, crazy goals and I loved every minute of it, but I, I failed like every single one of them uh, spectacularly. <laughs> awesome. Um, but the, the question that's been sort of uh, guiding how I craft my, my goals moving forward is like, how do I want it to be? What I want is always like really clear, you know, and I, I always know like how to get there, but I've always uh, kind of get stuck in like this way to do something. And there are so many different ways to do something. And so I'm myself to be more creative in my approach uh, because, you know, I don't want to like suffer <laughs> through any goal, whether it's like health, or um, wealth, or or anything, family, relationships, business. I don't, I don't want it to be um, just like a grind of a year. I want, I want to enjoy it as much as possible. And so, how do I want it to be? Has been like sort of the guiding question, and I use that question to build up like the systems that are needed to achieve that goal in whatever timeline. And I, I'm, I'm right now. I'm just taking it day by day. So. I normally, like, uh, I have my <clears throat> my my vision. My vision right now is just to like habitualize the habits like that I want uh, to to live my life with every day. That will build towards my goals, and and just make that super constant. And so I ask myself at the beginning of every day, I look at what needs to be done, and I ask how how is it that I want it to be, and then I create my day 
that it's going to support that in a way that's going to be uh, enjoyable. And if I'm, if I feel resistance to it or, or I'm not stoked about something, I, I use that like emotional feedback to sort of see what's happening and see if there's a creative way to um, assess the situation and see if there's something new that can be done that is enjoyable. That way I'm not hating it, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, I, so I'm curious. You said you set really hard goals last year. Um, was that different from how you normally set goals, and why would why did you choose to do that? Yeah, I mean, like I, I just really want to challenge myself. Now, I, I do that. I do that almost every year. I think. I think last year, um, I, yeah, I just I just flung myself into the deep end with, you know, really wanting to like read and write more, uh, and and I did. I, I read and wrote so much more, but it wasn't. I think it was like maybe 10% of what I had initially set, right? Because life is, <laughs> life doesn't necessarily support big, huge, giant behavioral changes all at once. Eat a mountain. Um, and, and, and I learned from that. And uh, at the beginning, I was like forcing a lot. And then I sort of, after some bumps in the road, sort of figured, figured out <laughs> what, what's the happy balance. And, and so now, instead of, like looking at the end, being super goal oriented, just sort of crafting it day by day and allowing small uh, daily habits compound into uh, long term results. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, that does. No, that makes that makes sense. I think you know it's easy to get in that approach of um, you you didn't achieve a goal or whatever that looks like, and you get frustrated. And so then you just go set these huge goals. And then when you don't achieve them, um, you're, you could go, you know, completely off the other end. And so I think your approach this, this year will be, will be interesting to see how that, how that plays out. Um, we, you know, it's, it's a constant battle because you, you want to challenge yourself, but you don't want to do too much. And I think I constantly get into that um, frame of mind of I end up, uh, it can be easy to try and do too much, try and do too many things um, at one time. And so for me, uh, talking, uh, well, I guess, Justin, did you want to talk about yours? Um... Yeah, sure can. Yeah. Um, so one one aspect for us was, you know, uh, we, we developed this framework a few years back and we wanted to divide it within you know, six specific categories. So, you know, we try to have the intention of looking at um, financial goals, um, our own respective goals, uh, the third being family, fourth being spiritual, um, the fifth being physical, and the sixth being career. And I forgot where I, I, I found this. It may have been in a podcast, so ironically. And, you know, the one aspect was we try to individually, my wife and I, look at those six respective subjects um, or areas rather, and write down what that goal will be for us individually um, for the year. So we just started for 2022. Um, and then we, you know, when we have a free night from the kids, um, you know, just get together and just talk about it. And I think that has at least provided us a, uh, a framework in which we can like talk about the goals, um, how we can react to one another's. Um, and I want to give a plug to Curtis's podcast because I just listened to uh, your episode around from delve into money around the 2021 framework. And one thing that that episode reminded me of was look at smart goals. 
And I know, Nicholas, as you were talking about it, you know, you were putting out some very ambitious goals out there. You know, one thing to look into is creating SMART. So, um, and I'm not going to spell out the, the acronym, but um, I'll encourage you to look at the podcast or if Curtis wants to talk about it. But talk about really um, specific and measurable goals. I think that was a really big thing for me is you could say I want to run a marathon, which is obviously a very specific goal, you know, 26.2 miles. But you have to consider what are the respective milestones within that 26 to get to that point. Um, and within those six categories for us, that was a very big uh, framework for us. It was like, how do we achieve what we want individually and be conscious of what me and my partner or my wife of what she wants to collectively do. So um, I went on a little bit of a rant there, Curtis, but um, you know, I think, you know, especially your episode and many others in our space um, talks a little bit about how we, how we frame that up. So. Well, and the attainable aspect too is important. It sounds like maybe those goals, no matter how hard you worked, weren't attainable. And I know stretch goals and keystone goals are a thing and, you know, but some ways it's got to be something that you can at least accomplish, you know, and something that happens to me is like, let's say if you set a goal of I'm going to work out every day for the year, you miss one day, you, you broke that goal. Like you didn't hit that goal. So you have to be really purposeful with how you kind of frame your goals. No, that's a hundred percent great. I think that's, I think that's what people, you know, what, what ends up happening is we set the goals moment of our highest motivation and then motivation dips. We've not actually thought through what that looks like in that frame of mind. And so it can very quickly become, um, beat you down mentally. Uh, Nicholas, you raised your hand. Did you have something you wanted to add to that? <laughs> it's funny because I would say but maybe the only goal that I had set last year that I achieved was running a marathon, and I wasn't a runner before that. So <laughs> uh, it's just kind of, it's kind of a funny little thing. Um, and, and, you know, like I, 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 love the, I love smart goals. And I don't know, I've also one, – one, one thing that I've, I've – challenging myself is like I don't, I don't necessarily know I don't think that we all know what we're really capable of either you know I feel like sometimes smart goals uh, is equivalent to playing safe um, so I, I don't know I, 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 I see like an amazing balance of setting some smart goals and then setting some just like bold goals that are just like would be miraculous if you just like fully delved in fully committed um, I, 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 I just like to play with that you know no, that's, that's a good point. And, and I think that is a struggle of, I think that is a struggle of goals is I think we could sell ourselves short. I like using the framework because of uh, the way you approach the goals, because uh, a lot of times it's easy to set a goal and, and, you know, the easiest example is to say, I'm going to lose a certain amount of weight. Right. And we say that we're going to lose this weight, but when it comes to it, that's not easily, uh, that's easily measurable, but it's not easily achievable. It's not a roadmap to achieving it. And so I think that's where we end up uh, getting off track a lot of times is that we don't make it specific enough um, and we don't break it down into the habits that we're going to do. So what I experimented with last year um, is I, I started tracking some of the things that I was doing every day, which is a, is a whole huge thing in and of itself. But one of the things that I um, tracked actually made easier with um, my Apple watch was tracked how many times I was active throughout the year. And I set a goal of, I forget what the number was, but I set a goal of how many times I was going to be active and I didn't quite achieve it. I think I was like, 
I was like really, really close. Uh, I was, I was within a handful. I should have been paying closer attention to how close I was. And I probably would have been more motivated in December, but, um, the problem too, with getting that granular is then you have to, so say, say you want to lose 15 pounds and you say, okay, well to lose 15 pounds, I'm going to be active, you know, say, um, three, uh, four times a week. And I'm going to do a 30 minute workout four times a week. But then if you're not seeing the results after a period of time and losing the weight, you have to recalibrate that as well. So a little bit more complicated, but it makes it easier to stick to those goals. For myself, um, the goal process um, is turned into a pretty extensive thing, but it's, it's pretty simple as far as um, just the overall steps. Um, because we have started, I, I would always struggle with uh, what to set for a yearly goal because it was hard to figure out how to get motivated uh, for for this one year time period. But I knew that like financially and in other things that I was doing in life, I, I was looking like this is what I want to achieve over a period of time. And so um, I actually started a couple of years ago. Um, we received a deck of cards that had coins um, on them. And so we lay those we lay those cards out on the table and we pick out uh, our top 10 cards of what our, our core values are. And so every year we go through, we pick out 10 and then we narrow it down to five. And then we talk about it. Um, me and my wife talk about our top five core values. And then from those core values, we talk about like vision, what our long-term plan is. And then we kind of back into goals. And so each year I like to do, um, I like to do, I do quite a few goals, but quite a, they're in different areas of my life. And I limit it to just one to two in each area of my life. So it sounds like Justin, we have a similar approach on that, which is cool. Um, and then uh, once we, once we set those goals out, I then look at like, what do I want? I saw, I forget where I saw it, but talked about the difference between a habit goal and achievement goal. And so I try and implement different types of habit goals. Um, and sometimes you can go overboard, which Nicholas sounds like what, what happened with you is you had some habit goals that were probably a little bit over the top. And then when you're trying to implement multiple ones at the same time, it's extremely difficult because you're trying to revamp and change your whole life. And in reality, it's just not going to, not going to be super easy to do. So that's, that's my framework and um, it's worked really well for us over the years. And um, me and my wife both love setting goals and doing it. And so um, we talk about it and really nerd out about it. So um, that's part of why I wanted to talk about it tonight. So what go back through who, you know, there's different things that we can do as far as financial goals. Justin, you kind of mentioned some financial goals as or of your um, one of your things uh, what are some types of financial goals that you set? Lauren, I know you said you guys would set a number. Um, I prompted and asked you that. Um, are there any other financial goals that you set um, in your life throughout the year to try and achieve on a yearly basis? For me, what we do on financial goals is we just set, um, it kind of goes back to, we set a goal for how many times we're going to meet about our financial uh, well-being. So like we try and do a weekly meeting because we're doing an overview of what's going on in the whole week. It's not just a financial thing. Um, and then 
so last year we said that we would do that 40 times and we failed just crazy, crazy horribly. So, um, Justin, do you have any financial goals that you, you guys set as a family? We do. And I actually have a follow up question to, for, for you, Curtis, on that, because I know you spoke about it in a, in a previous space. But um, for us, um, you know, one thing that we wanted to outset for 2022 was our emergency fund. And I spoke a little bit about this on, on, on a different space. Um, you know, I think for us, we we wanted to cushion that a little bit. I think we're hovering right around three months right now. And, you know, for us, just for our own psychological security was to get to a six month emergency fund. So um, that's kind of heads down what we're going to be focused on um, coming in, at least for the first quarter of this year, um, which we should be able to achieve. Um, and then from there, you know, we from a just from a baseline, um, we, we already have this assumption we're going to be maxing out our 401ks. Uh, we'll be contributing to my wife's Roth. Um, and then we also have a brokerage goal as well. So this emergency fund piece was something that we wanted to add just because, again, we wanted that you know, that psychological uh, baseline for us. Um, Curtis, the question I had for you, because I know you talked about it in a different space, was um, kind of those challenges um, that you, you probably faced uh, being the money nerd in the family and, you know, trying to find that compromise with your wife. You know, may, may, may I pry and ask, like, how that conversation was, you know, trying to create more of a money discussion goal and how that kind of turned out between you and your and your partner? Yeah, that's that's a good question. We so going back to when we first got married, you know, we did not talk about money because she um she came just from, you know, graduating college and had never lived on her own and her parents kind of took care of a lot of stuff. And so she had to live on her own where I'd been living on my own for four years. And so I'd built my own habits and routines. And so when we got married, it was, it was like completely opposite. And she was okay with me um, just doing my own thing. But then I would get frustrated because I think she was spending too much. And, and then I would tell her, well, if you would just look at this spreadsheet, you spending us this money costing us, you know, this amount of money in the future, you can imagine how well that conversation <laughs> went. And thankfully she was extremely understanding and I think mentally she understood what I was saying, but she could not, she could not make that connect. Like it still was too abstract for her. She could not make a connection. So uh, after a couple of years of being married, we kind of had a big sit down and discussion about it. And what really changed the conversation for us is we quit talking about, uh, we quit talking in maintenance mode of like, this is what we got to do on our budget. This is what our, this is what our retirement goal is. This is how much we've got to save because I would just hammer on her. Like we got to get, we got to be saving more. We got to be saving more. And then we changed that conversation and said, okay, are your goals in the next five years? Like what, what do you want your life to look like? And, and a practical application of this is I just graduated with my MBA. And so I'd spent a couple of years going to school. So just been a really busy period of time, uh, had been stressful. And then she has, she's a freelance writer and editor. So she had decided, uh, well, I want to go get my master's because she wants to teach. She has experienced teaching. She loves teaching. She wanted to teach at a college level. And so I didn't like that because that again, hurt us on our future, future goals. And so we had a heart to heart of like, what, what's your desire and why are you wanting to teach? 
And when it came down to it, she wanted to teach because she enjoyed teaching, but also she enjoys school. So she wanted to be able to go back to school because she just enjoys the whole process of school. But as we got further, it was like, okay, well, we want to have children. So posed the question of like, well, realistically, do you want to be teaching with young kids in the house or do you want to be, you know, doing other things and came to the realization that, oh, well, I don't actually want to do that while we've got young kids. So then through that whole process, we were able to get on the same page, but we weren't even talking money at any point during that. It came from a broader conversation of, of trying to understand, um, you know, almost in a way like our life plan. And so that was kind of our initial piece. And then on a weekly basis, and I, again, I use weekly very loosely because that's not in the frequency with which we're doing it right now. We're, uh, we did have our first weekly meeting on Sunday night. And so we've recommitted to trying to do that. But we have a, we have a framework that we use. It's four questions. And um, it's, it's pretty simple stuff. It's, um, I'm trying to pull it up right here because I don't remember. I'm off the top of my head. It's like, what, you know, what went well this past week? What could we have done better? Um, and what's one thing you learned? And then we look at the calendar and then we, if there's a budget update, we do a budget update. Um, we talk about, you know, if we're trying to have a specific goal, like this month, we're trying to not eat out as much. We're trying to only eat out um, two times a week um, and, and have those two times a week be with friends or be with other people. And so um, we talk, how did we do this week on that goal that we set? And so the, that's kind of the way that we approach it. I know that's a long-winded way to get to that answer, but hopefully that kind of answers that question. And I think the, the one aspect that, you know, we, you know, for many of us that are partnered or married is just like how we uh, talk, talk through it. And thank you for illustrating that, because I think that that's something that I think every, you know, partnered relationship should understand is like, even though you're making your 2022 goals, if you're in a relationship, you know, you have to either listen, empathize, or find some manner of aligning your goals with your partners. So, so thanks for sharing that, Curtis. That, that, was, that was very helpful. Yeah. And I, I think we go too quickly to the money, especially being people that care about money, right? That want, that are talking about money on a regular basis. And we need to, we need to talk like there's, there's so much baggage with money. So we need to understand that baggage too, because that's going to help us communicate with our spouse. So Alex or Lauren, do you, What's, I guess, let's go with Alex first. What types of financial goals do you set? Okay, so I'm glad you said financial because I was about to be like, man, most of my goals are financial. <laughs> um, I've been coming around recently to have a sort of set it and forget it kind of mindset, which is what I try to do with my money. So especially my fiance, she's definitely one of those people that, you know, doesn't care. Like, oh, investments, cool. Are they doing good? cool i mean if you ask her what she's invested in now she's like i don't know whatever you put me in so she's not real she's one of those ones you kind of have to pull along on the path so we kind of we just sort of maintain if that makes sense um so what we do is we set a okay we're gonna have for each of us we both work we're each gonna have x amount going into our 401k and then we're each gonna set up auto drafts to where our HSAs get funded and our IRAs get funded. Um, and then from there, 
uh, I have auto drafts, which pay extra on the mortgage every month. So <laughs> really our only goal, we put all our spending on credit cards cause we, um, we try to, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, we farm those reward points. So basically the goal is to have like a couple hundred bucks at the end of the month after paying off the credit cards. Because in my mind, as long as we don't go negative on our spending, we're already just by auto drafts, paying extra on the mortgage, uh, doing the IRAs, doing the HSAs, 401ks. So really our only goal is to not overspend because all the savings is automatic. And then to do that, what we do is every month, sometime in the first week of the month, typically it's like the first business day of the month, we'll get together and we'll do a couple's balance sheet, which has all of our accounts and the balances on everything. And we'll sit there and we'll look month to month. Here's where we were last month. Here's where we were at the beginning of the year. And, you know, what are our trends? How is everything growing? Uh, are we keeping our debts paid down? Are our investment accounts growing? Um, what do we have coming up? Do we have enough money for that? So all of this to say, we put a lot of our stuff on autopilot and then the goal is to just not deviate. And then every month we sit down, look at everything and make sure we're on track. That's great. I mean, we should be in this day and age taking advantage of autopilot. So Alex, I want to follow up with a question on that. Uh, you said fiance right you guys are not married yet not yet i mean you how think we have, are but how long have you guys been together uh we've been together i mean march will be three years okay and at what point in your relationship did you guys first talk about money <laughs> okay um this is going to be a story so uh my fiance and i met on a dating app and I still have all those messages because I plan on embarrassing her at our at our wedding with some of these conversations. So the icebreaker I used for my keep in mind, my fiance now, the icebreaker I used was, hey, if you had a million dollars, how would you spend it? So naturally, she responds with her thing, uh, you know, buy something, uh, buy my mom's house, buy my pay off my grandmother's house, all that kind of good stuff. And once she goes through her whole explanation, which, I mean, she really answered the question. Like, she really went in detail. She turned around and said, oh, well, what would you do? I said, well, I'm going to pay off my car. I'm going to pay off my house. Um, then once all my debts are going to pay it off, going to get paid off, I'm going to invest all of that money. I'm going to have about $830,000 left. And that $830,000, I mean, you fast forward, I'm going to work a job for like the next 10 years. When you work the job for the next 10 years, that $830,000 is going to grow to this and then from there, it's going to have dividends and this. And then I'm going to retire. Long story short, our first money conversation was our first conversation. That's going that's going next level nerd right there. I, I love that story. That's a great story. So. Say what you want. She said yes. <laughs> that's great, Alex. Um, my husband and I met online as well and at our wedding we printed out the first message that he sent me and like put it on a poster board. And it was like the first thing that people saw when they walked into our reception, it was a joke about sales. <laughs> Wonderful. Our goals are often, as I mentioned earlier, related basically to real estate, much like what Alex said, we know we're going to contribute to the brokerage, con contribute to the retirement accounts, a little crypto here or there. 
kind of just automatically. Um, but then for real estate, we have like, basically, I just was sketching it out as Alex was talking. We have like a four-year plan. So this year is to get, we, we bought a six unit a couple weeks ago. So this year is to kind of get the six unit up and running. That will leave us with 12 units that are kind of a mix between short-term rentals and long-term rentals. And so kind of get all that situated this year. 2023, then we just want to stabilize. We own three properties. We bought one of them in 2020 and two of them in 2021. So we really need to take 2022, get it all situated, and then take 2023 and see how everything is kind of um, performing, but also just take a breath. And then in 2024, the plan is to save 100% of what I make. And then in 2025, the goal is for me to leave my job and for my husband at some point after that to go part-time. So those are kind of like the high goals right now. And they're, they're very real estate based. Um, before we were investing as heavily in real estate as we are, we had meetings kind of like what Alex is talking about every month, looking at our spending, all right, you contribute this, I'll contribute that. What's how much money do we have in our vacation fund and things like that. But since we've been heavy into real estate, the last couple of years, we're like in very reactive mode. Um, we're not as organized as we once were. Our spreadsheets are kind of all over the place. However, there's enough literally enough cash flow from like our jobs and our real estate now where we just have so much cushion on a monthly basis that it's not as important that we track things as closely. That's yeah, that's, I understand that when you start going down the real estate, uh, the path, uh, you can bury yourself in spreadsheets with scenarios and different, different things that you end up with. Cause I've, I've definitely done that. We've still not, um, you know, we've done a, you know, a flip property and then done a, a live-in reno, renovation, um, but we've not done, you know, any other real estate to this point. But I've examined a lot of deals and it can definitely get uh, get kind of crazy as you start to as you start to look at all those scenarios. So I appreciate that for for us. Our financial goals are really very simple. It just kind of goes out to. Uh, mainly income goals, mainly um, what we're trying to shoot for. Um, I have a desire, we have a desire that we're going to like homeschool our children. And so when we do that, um, I want to be involved in some of that process. And so I want the flexibility with a job to, to be able to do that, to be able to go on trips, uh, kind of do roaming, learning and that sort of deal. So, um, so our goals are to the steps that I need to take now to set myself up with the type of job type of flexibility to be able to do that. So um, we don't really set um, savings goals or anything. It's just kind of, I guess maybe you could say we do that because we automate the stuff like you talked about, Alex, but um, ours is pretty bare bones on financial um, just because it kind of goes into the whole goal framework and an overall picture. Uh, if anyone uh, wants to jump in and, and add to the discussion, feel free to request the mic at any time. Um, we have one more question here. Then we're going to talk. We're going to talk just specifically goals and and would love to hear um, some other people's goals as well. So, are there any tips or tricks that you used to follow through on completing your goals? So, if there's something that you've done that you feel like could help someone else. Uh, 
you know, that helped you say you struggled to complete a goal and then you tried something new and it helps you complete that goal. Is there anything like that? Justin, go ahead. Yeah. So for me, one of the goals I had in 2020 was to read a book every month. And, um, you know, the, the one aspect that helped me was one, writing it down. I think, you know, just from the offset, like everyone is in this goal planning for the new year 2022. And I have a similar goal, read one book a month. But what helped me throughout the process was um, writing notes and essentially uh having it uh, written down within that note of like when I complete the book. So in January, 2022, I'll have this book finished. And if I complete another book within that month, I'll, I'll write down the, the title, the author, any notes from that book that I, I took away from it. Um, so I just kind of have like a running journal of not only the books I completed um, to make sure I'm on track, but also, you know, tidbits that I can look, look at and reflect on after um, so that's, that's been helpful just as far as just from a measurement perspective, but it's also helped me just because it helped me retain it and in, in the context of a book, um, regardless of what it is, um, I find myself ret retaining the information a little bit more, uh, staying engaged while I read the book and I'm not just reading words. So, um, kind of happy stacking for me there. So. Yeah, that's a, that's a great technique. We've, uh, I've, I've written a post in the past. I don't think I've talked, I don't think I've put it on Twitter or I pulled up, but we've, uh, when it talks about reading more, since I'm a reader, I gave some, you know, wrote some tips to kind of read more. And one of those things was to start tracking your reading, um, to, you know, again, write down your goal. And then the other thing is, is, and this could apply to a lot of different things, but it's making it readily available so for any habit goal. It could be, you're going to leave a book out at different points in the house. You're going to, um, you could apply that to like working out, right? You're going to leave your shoes at this one spot so that they're visible. They're a reminder that you're going to work out, that you're going to continue to, to push forward with that goal. And so um, you could apply that in a lot of different ways. I like that. Uh, like that a lot. Um, Lauren, what's, uh, do you have any tips or tricks that help people follow through with goals? Um, as as you guys were just talking, I was thinking about when I first, I've been a reader for a really long time. It was mostly fiction, though. And as I got into my career, I found myself having to kind of force myself to read nonfiction books through, you know, through goals, right? I remember one year, I was like, I'm going to read six books. I'm going to read six business books a year. And I actually got six recommendations from six different people. I'm like, okay, these are the six books I'm going to read. And then I ended up having to like, read like, one in October, one in November, and like two in December to like get it done. And since then, it's become really seamless. You know, I don't have to force myself to read it all. It's a very natural thing. And, you know, I could set a goal of 12 books a year, but there there would be no point. I would just hit it. So, um, so I was just thinking like, I guess something that I did was like, I had this really like painful experience and now it's like, okay, I don't want to put, I literally don't want to put things off anymore uh, as of, I think, where I was like spending like the last week of the year just reading insanely. <laughs> so, yeah, so a little negative motivation there of uh, don't do it again, right? Um, Alex, what's have anything that you have done that has helped you kind of achieve those goals? Uh, I mean, mine's short and sweet here. Uh, the most effective in my mind is maintenance a constant checking of it not set a goal and then oh well we'll check on it in like two months and see where we're at 
Like, if you want to make sure you're hitting your goals, you need to be regularly revisiting and progress. Where am I on this? So that's my only thing. You just got to stay on yourself and don't let it, don't let it ride. You got to stay on top of it. No, that's, that's great. I think that's, that's where people get it wrong with resolutions, right? As they say, they're going to do this, they make a big pronouncement that they're going to do it. And then they don't check back in and then it just kind of naturally flows off. They weren't truly committed. And I think maintenance is an important piece to stay committed to your goals. Uh, for me, what I would say as far as uh, something worked really well for me to following through is um, to one, not set arbitrary goals. I think we, we tend to just, you know, get this harebrained idea that we want to do something and you just aren't going to achieve that goal because it wasn't important to you. If you hadn't thought about it before, um, you're just not going to, you know, you're just not going to make it happen uh, because it didn't really matter to you to begin with. And then the second thing for me is, um, and I've done this with my spouse, but you could do it with a friend is, is having someone that you're doing it with um, along the journey that you're talking about each other's goals. You're asking each other how, you're doing because there's this extra level of pressure that happens when, when that goes on. So, um, so that's probably my biggest thing. All right. So the last question we have here are what is, we're not letting, you know, you don't have to name all of them, but what is a goal that you've got for 2022 that you're excited about trying to achieve? So, Lauren, what about you? I know you've already talked about a few, but maybe. The thing I'm most excited about is we have given notice to three long-term tenants in our six-unit building, and that was really hard to do. Um, you know, asking people to move is is hard, but it is that's the right thing for us and for our future and for um, our business. And then, um, so I'm excited to kind of move past this initial time you know get those three units empty and i'm excited to get those flipped we've got you know most of the furniture already in a storage unit i'm excited to get that moved in and get the painting done get everything ready get the pictures get the listings and start hosting people and giving them a really great place to vacation that's really what i'm looking forward to and that'll be done in the in the first half of the year that's great. Um, what I don't know that we've, you may have talked about this on your other spaces because I know you guys have talked about real estate quite a bit, but um, was it the retirement goal that triggered you guys wanting to go short term or was it just market in that area? Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, initially, I looked at my husband, it was like January 2020. And of course, we had no idea that the pandemic was coming, but I looked at him and I said, hey, I want to move. I was like, what? We just got here. This is, you know, beautiful house, golf course, community, kind of cliche, you know, but he's like, we just got here. We've been here three years. And I was like, listen, we're looking for a rental. We're striking out left and right because everybody that's buying rentals is paying cash. I want to buy a place where we can live and get a rental like for free, almost like a buy one, get one, do some house hacking. And I, my original vision for that was like an above garage apartment with a long-term rental. We ended up finding a place that had two like small cottages on it. And so from a long-term rental perspective, they just kind of 
logistically didn't lend themselves to that because they're just kind of so small and they don't have washer dryer or anything. We could put one in one of them, but it was already a bed and breakfast. And so we just kind of went with that and went with the short-term rentals there. And between that and the hell we went through with our long-term duplex during COVID with the moratorium and squatters and, you know, people bringing in and just, it was just really awful because you couldn't, you couldn't get anybody to leave and you couldn't make them pay you. And you just don't have that problem with short-term rentals. And so we just, I have just found that I, I like dealing with guests better than I like dealing with tenants. You know, uh, tenants are, if they're talking to you, they're probably not happy. Um, whereas these people that are, we're, we're offering like a really nice place to stay. I get to be really proud of the property and people are just in a, generally in a really good mood and really grateful. They're, you know, they're like, thank you for doing what you do. Whereas I have found that tenants are more like, they don't love landlords, right? They think landlords are, are kind of, it's even in like the name, right? Landlord, like they think that you're like lording over them and you're super wealthy and all this. And I, I just, I like the, uh, I just frankly like the vacation space just better, but we didn't kind of get into it on purpose per se. Gotcha. That makes sense. If you, uh, when you get more properties, your plan is to continue on that route though. Is that correct? Um, I think for now with the 12 units, we're going to stick, yeah, pretty much to short term. I don't know if we'll end up taking the whole six unit to short term or not. We're just doing three now. Like I said, um, the, the duplex where I'm sitting right now is half short term, half. Um, so we may, when those tenants move out, switch that to short term rental as well. I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, what we have right now is enough to retire on, especially if we pay the six unit off. So we've kind of talked about paying that off early and then our, our interest rates are really low on the other two properties. So we don't technically need to get any more from here, but it would be more of looking at our existing portfolio and kind of converting the rest of the long terms to short term over time. Gotcha. That makes sense. Uh, Justin, what's a goal that you have for 2022? Yeah. Um, you know, for us, the, the one aspect, I think it's just because, um, you know, under the COVID regime we've all been operating in, um, you know, one of our goals that we wanted to really talk through was how do we enjoy more time with the family? So, um, you know, one goal that I wrote down that I want to present to my wife, and I certainly hope she's on board, is a family vacation and um, something where we can really decompress and, you know, spend time with just really the four of us. Um, and I, I think between you know, all this now being in school and having a more structured schedule, um, we're not going to have a lot of opportunity to, to do it. So, you know, we have a very ambitious goal to either go to California or uh, even potentially Hawaii. Um, so I just got to look at, uh, make sure that the schedules work itself out. But that was one thing that we, you know, we wanted to really prioritize was, was time together. So um, that's uh, what we have, have planned. Man. Very cool. That's, that's exciting. Uh that's a good, good thing to go for. I don't know, don't know why she would uh, say no to that. So um, I will go next. So Alex, that you can get the, the last hurrah there since that's what you really want. Um, so for me, I have, uh, have a few different goals. Uh, a lot of them work together because that's just kind of um, the way I'm trying to work it is, is I have some, some goals for um, I'm, I'm wanting to, chances uh trying to do some different consulting work so that's one of my goals for uh 2022 
And then kind of the other way that we've gone is we're wanting to be, um, we have a, um, a church group that we're a part of, and we're wanting to be very intentional about meeting with these people and building relationships. So we've set a goal for um, a number of times that we're going to go out to eat with groups of people from that. Um, and so that's um, kind of one of our, our big things for, for 2022 is to just try and deepen those relationships. Um, so a little bit similar to you, Justin, in that just wanting that, uh, wanting to be intentional with that, but you're obviously talking about family, but we also have like a date night goal for me and my wife. So with the newborn, that's going to be tough. Uh, you know, we have to be very intentional about that where before we could just go on the run. So, um, those are kind of, those are kind of three of the ones that I've got that we're excited about. Um, and it's interesting. We've never really planned date nights before because we just kind of take it and go. And now we're like thinking, okay, what are we going to do in two, in two to three weeks? And we've never had to think about that before. So it's been a fun experience. Um, okay, Alex, what, what did you have for your 2022 goal? Well, so it's a goal. We don't know if it's, if it's going to happen yet. I've got about two weeks, but uh, well, I suppose no, there's very few people who know about this. So I guess it's just going to be the handful of us here and every single person listening to this on Curtis's podcast when he publishes it. But um, I'm actually in the process of leaving my nine to five and completely 180ing and changing my career field. Um, I'm actually applying to go to flight school and potentially become a pilot. So there are, I'm sh- for those of you who have done any kind of research, there is a huge shortage in pilots. That shortage is going to continue. Uh, I think the average age of a pilot in the U S is in like the upper fifties and they are all forced to retire by the FAA at 65. So it's a problem that's only going to get worse. And uh, during, since the pandemic started, I've lost about 120 pounds so it's something I've wanted to do for a while, but I, you know, if you can't fit in the cockpit, you can't fly the plane. So it's just that perfect storm of, you know, there, there's this huge demand. It's a well-paying job. It's not a nine to five. Uh, this scheduling is actually pretty flexible and uh, it's something I'd like to shoot. So I actually have an interview with Southwest Airlines uh, next week, uh, next Wednesday, actually. And, uh, if accepted, it's basically a guaranteed path that uh, for the hoops, I learn everything when I need to learn it, then uh, I'll end up uh, flying the friendly skies with love. Very cool. That's that's cool to hear. Did um, So are you wanting to go commercial pilot route? Is that, I assume, by your interview, that's what you want to do? Yes, but it's actually a really long, drawn-out po- process to actually get to the airlines. You have to get a certain amount of experience first, and there's limitations on what that experience can be. It's it's a whole lot of hullabaloo, which is why there's a shortage. A lot of people don't want to do it. But with this program, uh, Southwest basically sponsors you like the whole way through. And then at the end of the day, there's basically a guaranteed job. That's cool. Very cool. Congrats, so, Alex. It's super congrats, exciting. Alex. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. I just got to not mess up this interview. I got good feelings. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're for you. And if I take Southwest, I better hear you sing or do a, something entertaining over that microphone. Hey, apparently, I've been listening to a lot of recorded stuff with pilots because all the airline communications recorded just in case. 
And apparently uh, pilots love trolling other pilots. So I think I'm going to get along great. <laughs> that's great. Um, well, that's exciting. That's exciting news. We'll, we'll hope that that goes well. We'd love to hear after the fact. Thank you all for being a part of this week. I hope 2022 is going well. And I hope that um, you have set some amazing goals. We would love to hear those. If you, if you want to reach out to any of us, go follow. Um, I will put in the podcast, I will put the links to everyone's social. Go follow all these awesome people. And um, until time, we will catch you on the flip side.